Hi, friends. Welcome to the Connected Families podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Bellward. Our purpose in this podcast is to guide you to receive God's grace and truth and then to equip you to pass that grace and truth on to your children. I'm so glad that you hit play today. Well, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I turned the mic over to Jim Jackson and Chad Hangay to have a conversation about a question that is getting a lot of traction in our search engine. The question is something like, what do I do about the distance between my child and I? Or my kids are pulling away. Now what? This is a hard thing. When parents feel the distance between themselves and their kids at any age, it's painful. Well, Jim Jackson is the co-founder of Connected Families with his wife, Lynn, and Chad Hange has been part of Connected Families nearly from the start. Chad's the director of the coaching certification program. He's a speaker and co-author with me, actually, of the Power of Questions online course. Well, let's listen in as Jim and Chad talk about this topic of distance between parents and kids. Well, it's good to be back on the podcast. I'm Chad Hange, and I'm here with my good friend, co-founder of Connected Families, Jim Jackson. And we are talking about a topic that is a struggle for some parents and is there's just no quick and easy answers to it, but we want to discuss it, flesh it out a little bit and see if we can offer some encouragement. And the topic is, my child wants nothing to do with me. What a difficult, oftentimes exasperating place to be when we come to a place where our kids don't want to do anything with us. And so, Jim, I'm glad that you're here with me and we're talking about this topic. What do you have to say about that? I don't want to talk about it. Jim. Just leave me alone. Jim, we need to talk about things like this. I'm busy. I've got nothing. I don't just leave me alone. You're always badgering me to talk to about everything. I don't want to talk this time. You never want to do anything that I want to do. We're supposed to be connecting here, Jim. It's because you're trying to talk to me through headphones and microphones, and I just want to go (laughs) dig around in the backyard and do stuff. (laughs) Uh, There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't resist. I don't want to make light of this on the one hand, but you know, on the other hand, I think bringing lightness to the difficulties that can be so heavy and discouraging is sometimes part of the grace of God that, that helps us through and helps us find new ways. But I by no means want to minimize the reality of the hurt and the and the challenge that this can be for some parents. So should we start over again? <laughs> should we move <laughs> over? <laughs> no, I think we can keep I think we can press forward. I think there's some sense of, you know, it is yeah. difficult, but also sometimes just having a, a little bit of a sense of humor about it and saying, okay, this is not an end product kind of telling myself some things here as well. Like like there's hope and we're going to hopefully unpack some of that a little bit today. But I think maybe yeah. just asking that initial question, you know, like what causes it? Like what what are some possible causes of, of a child not wanting to do anything yeah. with a parent? Yeah, well, and I think it's interesting, you know, whenever I sort of put on this, this role play mindset, I really do kind of enter into what might be some of the real feelings of kiddos. And even in this little role play, I was just like, I, I kind of just for, for those little moments, just literally didn't want to be bothered right now. It was, it was not yeah. about, I don't like you. It was not about, it was just like, I had some things that I was thinking about, some stuff that I wanted to move toward and what you wanted to move toward and the things that you were thinking about was different. And the way that I sort of cope is to just 
shut down, be quiet. I don't want to argue. Arguing hasn't gotten me anywhere. I just want you to leave me alone. I think each of us probably relates at some point to being invited to do stuff that we prefer not to do. And we know how that feels. Grownups whose frontal lobes are fully developed, we know how to make decisions about that and how to get over maybe some of those impulses, but our kids may not. And we get to help them. We get to help them learn how to be who they are, who God made them to be, even if the way that they want to engage might not be the way that we want to engage. Yeah, I think there are a lot of reasons that uh, our kids may not want to do anything with us. And some of it is just that. We don't want to be interrupted. I also think that sometimes there's just some past hurts or wounds. And uh, we recognize as parents that we want to do some things differently. And yet our, our kids perhaps haven't gotten on board with that yet, or they, they're still kind of thinking about things in terms of how they used to be. And even as parents, if we've made a switch, our kids are oftentimes lagging behind in terms of coming to a place of recognizing that change or embracing mm -hmm. that change. Yeah, I think of my kids and times when they didn't want to respond or engage. And, you know, really, that, that was probably in part because of how they're wired. It was in part because of what they were focused on at the time. I, I've got a couple of kids who really hyper-focus on stuff and just almost can't let in any external inputs except for the thing that they're concentrating on. And, you know, I, I would have to say, too, that there have been times where there's just been some avoidance because of wounds. You know, I, I have a tendency as a dad to come on pretty strong and be pretty dominant about how I want things done. And, and I've done that at the expense of my children sometimes. So there's some woundedness. And so when I engage them the next time, you know, they, they just kind of ignore me because they don't like being told or pushed or shoved around and maybe even harboring some resentment. And I would know that there was resentment going on if I continued to push. And then all of a sudden the kids just snapped. That's usually telling that there's something more going on than meets the eye than, than is present just in this single interaction. So it could be any number of these things. And I think to be parents who find ways into lightness in our discovery of all of this and prayerful about this so that we can be discerning even with Holy Spirit eyes is an important skill to learn as parents. One of the things that I noted over time was when I had similar interests with my kids, then it was pretty easy to connect. But it was challenging for me sometimes when it was about connection or engagement that I didn't really feel very good about myself around or just wasn't very interested in. You know, I wanted to do the things that I wanted to do. So if you wanted to go outside, you wanted to play ball or you wanted to, you know, just be active or something like that. But certain things would just be like... I don't want to do that. So, yeah. you know, I think that lack of similar interest with a particular child can also be a driver there. For sure. Especially when you have other kids who are maybe wired more like you, which in our household, you know, I had two kids that were quite similar to me in wiring as an extrovert. And I mean, they all could play silently in certain respects, but if there was people around, I got two kids who are high people people, <laughs> and I've got one who can be, and sometimes not so much, but I remember thinking well, something's wrong. He doesn't want to connect with me. He won't yeah. do it. And I kept trying the things that I do to connect naturally on my terms, conversations, verbal, lots of verbal invitations, humor, laughter. And I just remember one day he came to me, he's like, I just want to connect. And I was like, well, I've been trying, trying, trying. What are you talking about? What do you mean? Mm -hmm. and he just, I just want to go do a thing and be quiet and build a thing. So, I mean, it was like, I don't like building things. I can't follow instructions. I don't do sequences well. I can't. And I was like, 
we went out and built stuff and had the time of our lives and we never shared really any words. And so part of it was, you know, my expectations about what connection looked like needed to shift to be more aligned to what his expectations for connection looked like. And that can be hard work sometimes. Yeah, I think that's right. I think the personality, I think the introvert, extrovert, I remember, you know, driving in, in the car and I was thinking I was doing the the great parent thing here where I'm like, okay, we're trying to have a conversation and I'd get one word answers and it'd just be like, yep, no, shoulder shrug. And it just started to really build up even like a resentment in me when I'm feeling resentful. It's really hard to communicate, you know, I love you. I'm with you. I'm for you. It's kind of like a, you're a burden to me, or you're kind of getting in the way of Mm. what I know I'm supposed to be doing here. At least I think I'm supposed to be doing. And I've seen this be so subtle in me and in others where we've got just this little burr that's in us. And so when we do our work to try to connect, even if it's on the child's terms, there's something about it that the child reads, you know, and our kids are master students of our facial expressions and of our body language and of our tone of voice. And, you know, if there's just a hint of something in there, the kids recognize it and they're repelled from connection rather than drawn to connection by it. So I just think that, and we talk about this pretty much every podcast really in some shape or form, it's our work to drive inside and to look inward and to and to take thoughts captive to Christ's obedience and to confess the sin of resentment, of judgment, of unresolved issues that we might have or unresolved hurt that we might have from our kids. Even if we don't go to them with it necessarily, we might. We might decide to do that, but we might just go, Lord, I recognize in me this thing and I, I'm just going to invite you to bring a lightness that can overcome that and be fully present for my child. And then listen and attuned to and responsive to the way that the child might want to go rather than the way that I want to go. And I think that what's the cause here, then reflecting back for parents and inviting us as parents to look inward to that, what what am I believing about myself or my child when connection is difficult, when I'm feeling rejected in a lot of ways, which my child wants nothing to do with me, really feels like it's a rejection of me. And then what am I telling myself about me? What am I telling myself about the child? Because, you know, our beliefs and our thoughts will lead to our feelings and actions. So what we believe and think, and you're referencing 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we take every thought captive and we place it under the obedience of Christ. That's where the work, I think, begins before we get to what are we going to do? It's like, Mm -hmm. what's going on is such an important question. Yeah, I think this issue of feeling rejected is actually a big one, especially as the kids get a little older and we are working harder for their benefit. And then they and then they act towards us in ways that don't feel affirming or accepting or appreciative. And we tend to what what some people would say, take it personally. How I think of that is we tend to allow feelings to build of hurt, of resentment, of even of fear of, you know, where's this dynamic going to lead us? And and when those emotions drive us, we're rarely at our Holy Spirit-filled, fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I think kindness is in there somewhere too. Like we can't access that stuff if we're harboring these roots of bitterness in our hearts. What ended up happening for me is that I would kind of have like this this Instagram effect of sorts, where I would see all of the other parents 
really connected strongly with their kids and all the, you know, just, just start to compare and think through that lens of, oh, I wish this and uh, kind of wishing things were different. And again, thinking through maybe, maybe some thoughts like this is just too difficult or, you know, this child just doesn't love me or kind of dismissing it even with, uh, you know, some kids are just easier to love and this one really doesn't want to be around me. So I guess I'll be around the, the others that do. Yeah. And we get clues about what we might be thinking because sometimes this stuff is hard to access yeah. and even be aware of, but, but we get clues about what's going on inside of us based on the conversations we have about this child with other people. Yes. As we talk about this struggle or this challenge, you know, when we listen to ourselves, are we saying things like, oh, this kid just never appreciates me versus, oh, my child is just so introverted. It's hard for me to find that connected place. And then Mm -hmm. is the help that we're getting from the people around us a fashion of help that just gives us formulas to try to do this without reckoning with what's going on inside of us? Or are people asking us questions like, wow, that, that must be hard. What's it like to be you at times like that to help us sort of start to flesh this out and become more aware of these resentments that we harbor? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, Matthew 12, 34 says that from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that's a really good indicator for me. And I think for for other parents to just kind of keep that in check. How am I talking about my child to other people? How am I even complaining to God sometimes? It's not that we can't speak those things to the Lord and he hears and can, can help direct our thoughts, but it's a really important aspect to understanding what's going on inside of us. And then I just appreciate so much. It's like, what are people saying? Are they saying things like, yeah, you know, some kids are just that way, you know, it's like, that's just the way it is. Or yeah, that child is, you know, they're just kind of reinforcing that. Or I mean, if you've got a friend who will say, well, I wonder what's going on inside of you. (laughs) What a gift that that is. And then I think, I mean, we could talk a long time about this, this dynamic of what's going on inside of us. And we talk about it often at Connected Families because, you know, we found over the years that when parents can do this hard work of looking inward and, and taking their thoughts, their feelings, their actions captive to Christ's obedience, examining themselves, there's just so much insight to be had, which has so much impact on how we then engage with those around us. But, you know, I just would invite one more thing, which is, to, to just, if, if you're a parent that's resonating with some of what we're saying, and you know that you need to look inward, just ask God this question. How, how do you see my struggling child? How do you see me as your child? And, and see what kinds of truth might come to you from God's word out of the voice of the Holy Spirit inside of you. I know when I do that kind of work for any variety of reasons, when I'm struggling, Lord, how are you seeing me right now? And, and maybe even the, the question, what do I need from you? The kind of answers I get are answers like, I see a precious child who's still still working to figure it out at age 62. I see a man with the heart of Jesus who still sometimes gives in to, to lies and to discouragement, but who has learned where life comes from and where value comes from. You know, those kinds of things then refresh me to take a deep breath, to begin to feel more of God's lightness, and then engage with whatever the situation might be with with more of an eye of God's presence in the midst rather than just my own angst about what's happening. 
Yeah, I love that. And it's practical. It's something that all of us as parents can do to just lean into the Lord, ask some questions of the Lord about that, and then bring scripture in. Like if you read Ephesians chapter one, chapter two, Colossians three, right? You start to find all sorts of you are messages that will help define who we are, even when our kids are not wanting to connect with us like we would like to connect with them. So I think we'll pause here and take a quick break and uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit about what we can do on the other side of the break. Hey friends, I'm going to pause the conversation for just a quick moment. Did you know that Connected Families began 20 years ago? What's exciting? This year's our anniversary. Well, Jim and Lynn Jackson stepped out in faith with an idea, a handful of committed supporters, and God's calling on their life. Over the years, the team continues to pray that God would multiply our efforts. That prayer has been answered over and over again. Where we've been reaching hundreds of parents in the upper Midwest of the United States each year, we are now impacting thousands of parents worldwide. If that's you, it's because someone before you donated to this ministry. About 40% of our revenue comes from products and services, and the balance is from parents just like you who choose to donate to the ministry. We invite you to join the team of families who are supporting connected families as we celebrate God's faithfulness from generation to generation. $25 will cover your own equipping for the year. $50 will pay it forward to another family. All the information to donate is on our show notes or on our website, connectedfamilies.org. Thank you in advance. Well, we are back and looking for practical application of the the things we've talked about thus far, really having this conversation around my child wants nothing to do with me. And we've talked a little bit about what might be behind that, kind of what we can do as parents to look inward. But here we are thinking through maybe the lens of now what, what, what can we do? Yeah. And Chad, you were, you were telling that story about being in the car with your daughter and sort of the way that wasn't working for you. But I am kind of curious, you know, how did that end up and how did you think your way through that through the lens of, you know, being aware of what was going on inside of you, finding a way to connect on on your child's terms, if there was any connection to be had at all. How did that turn out? So, you know, thinking, building resentment, thinking, wow, this, this child doesn't want to be with me, or, you know, this is supposed to be my time to connect and, and really kind of backing up a little bit. It's like, okay, so what's going on here? What's going on with me? But then, but then also through the lens of like, what's going on with my child? And, um, and so at one point I just asked, I said, well, when we're going from point A to point B and we're in the car together, what's most beneficial for you? Because I ask you some questions and it doesn't seem like you're really all that interested in in answering those questions. I mean, are there other things, other things you want me to ask you or whatever? And this is a fairly introverted child. And and she just said, you know, I, I just need to be quiet. Hey, I'm just coming from this thing where there's all these people and I'm going to this next thing where there's all these people. And I, I just, I don't want to talk. I just need to be quiet. And I'm an extrovert. And I'm like, come on, this is, come on, let's talk. I want to hear. And so I think that, that helped me at least understand like, what was the need here? And then I came to a place where we would go from point A to point B 
I was dropping my child off and I would just say something like, it's just so good to be with you. I love spending time with you. And I think that narrative was a big switch for me to just recognize that I was kind of grumpy over here, like my child, blaming my child, and then switching the narrative to, I sure enjoy being with you. I think that was a, a helpful piece. Yeah. It kind of brought some peace to my kids and calm as well there. Well, and the defining principle I hear in that chat is, is that you learn to get comfortable being with your children on their terms, not on yours. Yeah. And that it turns out that that had high meaning, even though it didn't seem like it did to you because, because you get your meaning from doing it on your terms. But when you did it on your child's terms, that was meaningful and it mattered. And they learned to appreciate that and you learned to value it. Yeah, it was a, too. it was a gift. And then I, I knew even as I was driving, like I could be praying for them just, mm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. soaking in a little bit of like, <laughs> I know they're stressed going from here to here. So how do we just even cover them in, uh, in that silence? Yeah. Yeah, I know I've heard a number of parents talk about the power of simply observing their children in their state and then and then from time to time making comments about it. it you know, it could be that in the car ride, it was like, I, I noticed in the car ride, you just had your eyes closed and your breathing slowed and I noticed. And yeah. you don't have to go, and what was that like for you? And how was it? And do you want to yeah. unpack that? For It was just like, no, nah, here's this thing I, 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 I observed, I noticed, I'm given voice to it. If the child says, oh, huh. Then you just leave it. You don't have that. The goal isn't to get them to talk to you the way you want them to. The goal is to let them know you're paying attention. Yeah. I think another thing, and I know there's a number of folks in our network that just talk so much about and have experienced so much the value of learning to play with our children in the way that they love to play. So I talked earlier about how I wanted my child or really all of my, like, I wanted my kids to play baseball with me. I wanted them to fish with me. I wanted them to golf with me. Turns out none of my kids really enjoyed any of those things very much. And that was mm. really hard for me at first. And I was tempted to think of that as rejection and tempted to think that there was yes. something wrong with me. And, but I was just like, just let it go and then pay attention. What are the things these kids love to do? And is, are there some ways I could just join them in that or even facilitate that. So, I mean, as much as I hate to say this, because we talk so much about some of the ill effects of video games, you know, one of the things I noticed was that I had two kids in particular that loved gaming. Mm -hmm. And I'm really bad at gaming. My hands don't work good in opposition to each other. I got some <laughs> got some reversal yes. issues. And so when I want to turn left with the joystick, I turn right and we laugh. But anyway, I finally just decided, let's play some video games with the kids. And they laughed at me, but they were so amazed that I would take time to play video games with them. That was meaningful to them, even to the point that one day, one of the kids, after I made that effort, went to Lynn and just said, you know, I noticed dad did this thing and I know he doesn't love doing that. What could I do with him that he would love? Yes. The power of playing with our kids, just joining them in their play. If, if connection is hard in most of the arenas after school, during transitions and car rides, whatever, every child loves to play with something. Mm -hmm. And most parents, if we can get our hearts in the place where we can just enter into that with lightness and without strings attached and, and without high expectations on how our kids are supposed to return the favor, we can just join our kids and play with them. And that becomes an avenue to learn, to listen, to observe, and, and we can take it from there. A little curiosity can sometimes go a long way as well. When I do, uh, you know, parent coaching and uh, we'll walk through, this is not a super uncommon scenario where parent is struggling to connect with a child and the child is kind of rejecting them in some ways. I'll do role plays and we'll, you know, around video games or about music, maybe that a child's listening to that the parent doesn't really understand, or it's just not their style uh, about being curious 
like, what do you like without the judgment around that? Because our kids Mm -hmm. typically are going to shut down when they feel judged by us. But if there's a true curiosity and there's not a, well, you shouldn't be whatever this, or that's not okay. Or we, you know, the music we listen to is better. Or, you know, it's just like these little cuts or slights. It's like, it just shuts down. The, the communication, but if we can be curious and, and oftentimes what that means is we don't respond like with a judgment statement as much as thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Well, yeah. What was that thing you were doing that you loved so much? Even if it's something that I didn't love so much, I'm the parent and I'm thinking yes. Man, that's a lot of coloring and the coloring went onto the table. <laughs> and so often we tend to use like the affirmation of that. Oh, I noticed you were really loving your coloring, but you know, you got all the lines and you made a mess on the table. Right. So now we got to do something about that. Connection lost. We just used connection as a ramp to correction. Yeah. And uh, our kids figure that out in a hurry. So so that's not to say we don't address the drawing on the table. We just do that later or in a different way when we're playing along with our kids to just narrate our process out loud. I'm coloring and I love the color you picked and I'm going to use it over here on here. And I'm going to work real hard to keep my color crayon on the paper. Why don't you help me out and let me know if I'm getting too close to the edge of the paper so we can address you know, the issue of coloring wildly without being corrective about it. I, I think this question, can I tell you something special about you? The kids are longing to mm. hear words of affirmation, special yeah. things about yeah. them. It's a powerful, potent question if we can tell it without putting those little caveat butts on there. Yes. You know, one of the things that I would occasionally do with my kids is I'd sit down at bedtime and I'd say, I noticed something about you today. And just that little framing, it's like, what did I notice requires us to notice. But then that little affirmation, really, really important, especially if bedtime is is a little bit more relaxed and kids are willing to receive that. And oftentimes my kids that didn't really want to connect were all over wanting to connect at bedtime because <laughs> for whatever <laughs> for whatever reason uh, that might be. Another yeah. thing that I, I think about as well is allowing our kids to teach us something, Beautiful. something that, that yeah. they know that may, we maybe we know some things about it, or maybe we're not all that interested in it. But wow, when they're able to teach you what they already know, tends to build some connection in relationship as well. Well, we never know their perspective about what they know. So right. we, we always get to learn something from our kids, even if, if I'm asking them to teach me how to bake cookies, which I've done a thousand times. Well, t- tell me what you know about baking cookies. And, and if we're able to listen and give our kids the space to explore, we might just learn even some new ways about baking that we haven't known before. But certainly we're going to learn their perspective about baking cookies and why they think it's important to not put the eggs in sooner or, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know. I really like that. And I like this question to go back to it, Chad, or the statement that you made. Like, I, I noticed something about you today. And I think, you know, kids, when they hear a statement like that, are usually conditioned for some sort of corrective something. I noticed something about you today. You did this thing yeah. and you did this part well, but you didn't do this part well. You know, I don't want to presume that my kids care what I notice. So I just used to throw a question like that out there or a, or a statement like that out there. Hey, I noticed something today and then it was quiet. And then usually the curiosity of what I noticed got to be too much for the kids. Like, well, what did you notice? What did you notice? Now they're asking me to talk to them rather than yes. me just saying, well, don't you want to know? Yeah. Now, if what I render right after that is something that, again, feels corrective, shaming, in any way sort of missive or condescending toward them, then they're not going to be curious about what I noticed anymore. But if what I noticed is always something unique, special, I noticed that you watched grandma tell that story with wonder. 
even though she interrupted a couple of times. I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't care about that. You watched grandma with wonder when she was telling that story. You seemed so interested. And then we can stop. And it's like, well, what did, what else did you notice? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we better, you know, are we ready to answer that? Like, yeah. ha- have we been noticing? And are we students of our children this way? So that when the time is right, we can, we can render these observations and maybe ask some questions. I noticed your eyes were just open so wide. And I wonder what you were thinking. Mm-hmm. The words of blessing that we can speak or write over our kids. I think the Matthew 3.17, Jesus is being baptized. God speaks, you are my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. You're beloved Mm. and I'm well pleased with you. Like those words, they need to be said and spoken in ways that kids can receive that or written, you know, with older kids text. I was confident that my kids received every text I sent. They got all the information. They they were checking their phones and, you know, as they got older. But I think that what are the things that we're going to say to our kids that we believe about them, regardless of their behavior? I, I think it's important to, as, as parents, and we'll wrap this up, but I think it's important to not go to that place of just given up discouragement. There's an underlying belief that that I would have that this child is in my care on purpose, right? It is not a mistake. It is not an accident that this child is here and that I am going to prayerfully seek the Lord and just ask him like, what, how do I connect here? What does that look like? And we've got stories, lots of stories of connected families of parents who just kind of hopeless and feeling so frustrated about the lack of connection and the child kind of pushing them away, who had some creative ideas that we didn't come up with through prayer and seeking, were motivated to, to find some unique ways of connection. And so I just encourage parents to not give up, to hang in there. And just even small, small steps of connection is a is progress. So I don't know, Jim, what, what would you say as a, as a wrap up or a, maybe a final word of encouragement that, that you have? I think that when kids don't seem to want to connect with us, there's a riddle, there's a puzzle before us. Mm. It's that's not about us. And if we can learn to sort of figure out what's that riddle, what's that puzzle with wonder, with expectancy, with true curiosity, as you spoke about it. I think that opens a whole new door of possibility for parents. And I think that getting to a place where we can let go of the hurt, the resentment that we've felt, it's very real feelings, probably not because our kids intend for us to have those feelings, but just as a result of how things have gone. When when we can acknowledge those, take those before the Lord, be set free from whatever grip they might have on us, even get some help from other counselors or coaches about those sorts of things. That's when the whole door of possibility opens. I just remember our work, Chad, with high-risk kids, most of whom hated being with adults. Mm -hmm. And when they would come to us, they were almost always wary. There was a treasure hunt here for us to embark on. Where's the means of connection for this unique young person? And I think that's true of our own children too. If we can get to a place, a heart place, where we're 
eager about that, excited about that. We can be patient about that. We can let go of high expectations for it to meet our needs, but just be present to meet our kids' needs. There's going to be an open door. There's going to be, there's going to be some rich learning. And so we invite parents into that learning. And if you need help beyond what you've heard from us today, there's going to be, I know there's blog posts Stacy will talk about here in the, in the program wrap-up. We're here to provide coaching to help parents on this wonderful journey of discovery, even when it's difficult. So I think the Lord desires for us to know our kids and desires for our kids to be known. And like you said, has chosen us for the task. We're here for you. Yeah. So thanks, Jim, for joining me in this podcast episode. Always appreciate uh, your wisdom and it's lots of fun to, to engage with you in, uh, in this journey as well. You too, Chad. I love just bantering with you. In order for us to be together these days, we have to schedule recording a podcast. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and thanks to our audience. We love to hear from you as well and get feedback from you. We just appreciate your listening in and uh, we'll look forward to uh, seeing you next time. Thanks for tuning in today, friends. You know, I often end the podcast mentioning a free resource, but today I wanted to end with an invitation. If you've been inspired by today's podcast or other Connected Families resources, we invite you to join the team of families who are paying it forward. A gift of $25 will cover your own equipping for the year, and a gift of $50 will pay it forward to another family. Thank you for tuning in and for considering a year-end gift to Connected Families. Well, for more about Connected Families, follow us on Instagram or Facebook or go to connectedfamilies.org. I will see you next time.